On today's Locked On Texas podcast, should the Houston Texans go back to Davis Mills? And Cody and I also discussed the free agency conversation that we started on yesterday. Wanted to bring that back to discuss it some more. All of that and more on today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Tuesday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss more of the Houston Texans before we talk about whether or not the Houston Texans should go back to Davis Mills. Had an opportunity to hear from Levy Smith on Monday, talked about Eno Benjamin and his chances of playing with Rex Burkhead being a concussion protocol. Said that if we need someone to step up, it's good to have a player like, you know, Benjamin. This would be Eno's and Amari Rogers' third week here in Houston. Mm-hmm. And that's normally around a time frame where newly acquired guys uh, really, you really start hearing whether or not they're going to play football for the Houston Texans or not. I know that Cody made that face because of Tyler Johnson and Tyrone <laughs> Johnson in the past. But I think with, Rex Burkhead out, we may have an opportunity to see Eno. And I also believe that this season, it's, it's you know, you're going to do yourself a disservice if you don't really see what type of players you have on this roster moving forward. And speaking of that, Lovey Smith also had an opportunity to talk about John Grenard, who he said he does not have an update on as of right now on whether or not he's going to return this week from a calf strain. Did mention that he is one of our best players, talking about John Grenard. Not quite there yet, probably sooner than later. Cody, with John Grenard, I'm speculating, of of course. I'm not saying this is what I've heard or anything. But if I'm his agent, hey, man, uh, don't go back to work. Just just don't go back. (laughs) Uh, Treat it as if it's the pandemic year (laughs) and you can work from home, work out from home, study friend from home, look over the playbook from home. You know, even if you want to get into the war room, FaceTime it all from home. (laughs) Don't go back to that facility just yet. We may have an opportunity to try to get you up out of here or just get healthier for next season. Then he also talked about this time that has been split between Kenyon Green and Justin McCray. Levy Smith said, we want Kenyon to develop, but our plan going in is what gives us the best chance for success. Justin has been around we did have a pre a pre plan for him to go in. Will that continue? It's uh, a question mark. Mm, <laughs> I don't know, but I thought Kenyon did some good things on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Cody, we got to talk about and redirect our attention <laughs> over to Davis Mills, the man on the bench, the boy on the bench, not the boy, not the man in the mirror. You know, Kyle Adams <laughs> turned it up on Sunday. You guys know the numbers, right? Two hundred fifteen yards, two picks, one TD. And please correct me if I'm wrong, because you've been at practice more than I have and a lot of people have. But last week, Kyle Allen and Davis Mills were splitting first team reps. You know, that's been the rumor reported going on, knowing he's going to start Sunday, which is why Pepper Hamilton saying no and Lovey Smith not failing, failing rather to name whether or not Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen as the starter really looks worse. But does he get this week with the number ones? 
does he does he does he does he stay out there as a starter for Houston, which Levy Smith said we don't necessarily want to pull a guy, or should they go back to Davis Mills? Yeah, and John, I look at this from a standpoint that I truly believe that it might make sense for this organization just to go back to Davis Mills. And I'm not saying that because of the whole, you know, give Davis Mills an opportunity opportunity to learn from his mistakes and see if he could be the quarterback of the future. Look, we already know Davis Mills is not the answer, unfortunately, for the Houston Texans to take to him as this team's next quality starting quarterback. Damn sure not the next franchise starting quarterback but when I take a look at everything that Lovey Smith told us on Friday and I compare it to what Kyle Allen did on Sunday nothing changed for the Houston Texans in terms of their quarterback play and nothing changed as to whether or not this team was more competitive and damn sure whether or not this team was at least a little bit more watchable i mean all you have to do is just break down what lovey smith said on friday on friday he said as of right now he believed that kyle allen gave this team the best possibility to win a football game as you know they lost 30 to 15 he also mentioned how him the coaching staff and everybody on the team believed that kyle allen can actually give the the houston texans offense a jump start as you know, another slow start. There was down 30 to nothing entering the halftime break. Lovey Smith also said that he actually wanted a quarterback who can actually protect the football. Kyle Allen goes out there and throw not one, but two interceptions on Sunday. John, on Friday, I had an opportunity to ask Lovey Smith whether or not this was only for the, the quarterback change were for the game against the Miami Dolphins, or was this more so of a long-term approach? And this is what he had to say. This um, being a uh, 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 decision just for the Miami Dolphins as of right now, would this be like a, are you taking it like a week-by-week -week basis on who would be the start? We, we take it day-by-day -day with everybody. Uh, so my, we name it lifetime starters. No, that's not the case at all. This is what we think we need to do for this game. It's that way for every position. Um, if we don't feel like that option that we have that's getting the most reps that's giving us our best chance to win may be the case for other positions this week, for that matter. And, uh, I, and I don't uh, plan on uh, all of a sudden announcing starters on Tuesday, Wednesday. We're not going to do that. We're going to go through the week, just like we handle this situation. At the end of the week, we'll let guys know exactly which direction we go. So, based off of what Lovey Smith told me on Friday, you take a look at everything that went on on Sunday. Starting tomorrow, of course, we will have an opportunity to go out there and see who's going to take first-team reps for the Houston Texans. I mean, knowing them, they'll probably split reps while the media is there. The next thing you know, they'll probably keep everything a secret again. But, John, once again, I think it just made more sense for the Houston Texans to continue having Davis Mills to be the team's starting quarterback moving forward because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's on the center. This is still a bad football team overall. Yeah, which is why. <laughs> Listen. Why mess up the house's money? Right. Listen, right now they're playing with the first overall pick in their hands. And whoever mm -hmm. is going to get you there and secure it, well, and, and I think that Houston does have number one, and they will also have picks. I think eight, if I'm not mistaken. Six right oh, now. Oh, six. 
Well, Listen. just 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 say eight because I think the results on Sunday is gonna push well, that down that's to right, eight. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But uh, listen, I, I, it doesn't matter, honestly. Um, I think before they make a, a decision like that, as fair as you were with Davis Mills, just you know, do the same with Kyle Allen. Don't mm-hmm. have him split reps throughout the week. Don't you know? Just make sure that he is prepared because I don't, I don't think he was prepared on Sunday. He didn't look as prepared in that first half, especially in that first quarter. But if no, over no, you made your bed. It's time to lay in it, right? This is this is what we talked about early in the year, Cody. And if at any point we see Kyle Allen on the field, mm-hmm. then we know the type of season this team is having. Well, Kyle Allen is on the field with Davis Mills still healthy, and we have visually seen the past twelve to thirteen weeks how this season has turned out. Go ahead, ride it out into. Not the sunset, but I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not It's not pretty, but ride it out to the end of the year. Uh, go ahead and secure your number one overall pick and then focus on the draft and focus how you want to build this roster from there. Uh, if you want to put Davis Mills back in, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't shock me as this franchise has been uh, uh, in complete disarray and, and, and dysfunctional. <laughs> So, you know, have at it. But, no, I say no. Leave Kyle Allen in um, and allow some of these guys out there an opportunity to get some sort of consistency, all right? Stop moving in. Stop shaking the roster. Just leave them out there. And with that being said, John, I do want to add this. Because of everything that was going on on last week with the Houston Texans saying they did not have a starting quarterback going into the game against the Miami Dolphins, and, of course, reports coming out saying that Kyle Allens was going to be the starter, um, I couldn't help but think of whether or not the Texans were disappointed to be in this situation. I asked Lovey Smith whether or not the organization is disappointed that they had to replace Davis Mills, especially considering when you go back to last year and once former Houston Texans head coach David Culley said that Davis Mills was going to take the helm as his team starting quarterback against the Seattle Seahawks, replacing Tyrod Taylor. Um, this organization has showed a lot of support for Davis Mills. And on Friday, I asked Lovey Smith whether or not this was a disappointment, and this is what he had to say. Last year, when you guys made Davis a starter, you guys showed a lot of support to him. So as of right now, is it a little bit disappointing that you guys have to make this change? Well, I wish we didn't have to make it. As far as disappointing, I mean, we're all big boys in this business. Um, I think it, what everybody's looking for is an opportunity. Uh, I, I, I want all of our players, if they, if they're starters, to feel like they've get, been given ample time to prove exactly who they are, given that great opportunity. I feel good about the opportunity we've given everyone. If we've made a change at any position, I think there's a body of work to say it. We should. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Forget those boring rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Welcome back in Locked on Texans listeners and viewers out there. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked on Texan podcast on YouTube. Uh, I do want to give you guys some more updates from the game on Sunday. Tegan Quatoriano played percentage-wise, um, hit the most snaps, 59 on Sunday. 
Kenyon Green and Justin McCray split times. 39 snaps went to Kenyon Green. 22 of those snaps went to Justin McCray. And Dare mm-hmm. Ogubuwale logged 18 snaps, his most offensive snaps this season. I actually started the game off with the first carry, which I thought was, at the time, something. I don't yeah, know. it was a little different. A little something. <laughs> uh, Jalen Reeves Mabin played in 51 snaps in relief of Christian Harris. And so that's going on with the Houston Texans. Um, and Lovey Smith says that they are still evaluating Christian Harris, his shoulder and Rex Burkhead concussion after Sunday's injury. Derek Stingley Jr. is still getting better after a mid hamstring injury. And before we move on to our next topic, Cody, I got some words that I want to say. Embrace the tank. Embrace (laughs) the one-win season. Embrace the rebuild. Embrace all of it. Because either one or two things are going to happen. Ten years down the line, you're still going to be rebuilding. Or in a couple of seasons, you'll be able to look back when this team is competitive again and say, boy, you remember when we went through that? I'm glad we out of that. Because ultimately, overall, Guys, this listen, this team sucks. <laughs> and it's okay. It's for the greater greater good of the future, Cody. When the, the is it really though? Now, the more they suck now, the more you would hope this franchise understands some of their wrongdoings, some of their transgressions. Mm-hmm. They repent, they get mm-hmm. better, they move forward. I'm not They're not one of the that. laughing stocks in the league. Anymore, I'm not agreeing with that, John. Hopefully. I mean, uh, the end of the day, you got to embrace the the, the 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 tank, embrace but, the rebuild. But here's the thing about quote unquote embracing the tank that people fail to realize: sometimes your organization, your franchise, your ownership gets so accustomed to the losing culture to where you're looking in this two decades and you're still real, you're still real, you're still rebuilding. I know I use the Cleveland Browns a lot. I know I use the Detroit the, the, the Detroit Lions a lot, but just take a look at the Miami Dolphins. This is the first time in what over two decades where you can really think to yourself that hmm, the Dolphins are a legit playoff caliber, possibly Super Bowl caliber team, given the talent and stuff that they have. And it's been, what, 15 years since the last time you was able to say that? Like, Uh, you have to be very... 15 years. You you have to be... My my pun is acting. And and that's not saying that, you know... 15 years. And and I understand that within those 15 years, they did have records where they went 9-7, and and 8-8, and all that other stuff. 11-5 with the the Wildcat year. Yeah, the Wildcat year where they went 11-5. But this is the first time where you can honestly say that the Miami Dolphins are good, not just for 2022, but they can be a, a, a contender for at least the next five years. You have to be very you have to be very careful when you embrace the tape because sometimes okay. some of these okay. teams could be in purgatory okay. for okay. nearly two decades. Look let at the me, Sacramento Kings me, in the me, NBA. Let me, let me They've been in purgatory okay. since 2005. Let me tell you why that's okay. It's because not okay. it happens. Listen, I'm gonna tell you why it's specifically okay for the Houston Texans. This is technically their first rebuild. 
the youngest franchise in the NFL right now, only 20 years old. Mm-hmm. They, you know, when you first start a franchise, you go through those ups and downs. And when you look at a lot of the downs pre Matt Schaub era, right, they had some bad seasons. But you got the 20, the 2011, 2012 year, and the year Matt Schaub goes down, and then you even have a couple of years later where Deshaun gets you to the playoffs and you win a couple of AFC South champions uh, championships, but you never really felt the real ramifications, right? This rebuild, like we had the rebuild in the past, you got the number one overall pick, you went and got Jadavion Conley, but you know what was a constant? You still had, at that time, Bill O'Brien. You still had a very good coaching staff put together. You had Rick Smith, right? You still had some type of competency there in the general manager room. <laughs> and they also had who at the top still alive? Bob McNair. This is the Houston Texans' first rebuild but but so hold on wait a minute and so for houston just embrace it because you're not the only one this is going to happen in each and every sport right the 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 astros just came out of a rebuild right and then now they're a dynasty embrace it embrace the pain embrace the hurt embrace the hate and embrace it all because eventually you're either going to be Cody said the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, the Cleveland Browns, who all the Buffalo Bills before they just got bit, uh, got good. Who, by the way, they they've embraced it so much. Hey man, you know what? Let's poke fun at it ourselves. Or in a couple of seasons, your general manager, whether it's Nick Casario or whoever is at the helm, gets it right, brings in a competent head coach, nails it in a draft, can convince free agents to come to town and can put something special together. But here's my only issue about the Texans rebuild even as of today John they should not be in this damn situation right, when you guys. take a, you 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 take a, you literally just mentioned the Houston Astros as of right now you mentioned the Houston Astros I'm covering another team that's going through a rebuild as of right now the Houston Rockets when you took a take a look at what the Houston Astros did 10 years ago and you take a look at the Rockets as of right now, it was time for them to hit the reset button. Their players were getting old. They kept failing in the postseason over and over and over again. It made sense. But with the Houston Texans, you still had young players who were basically scratching the surface of their prom. And you blew it all up due to stupidity. That's the issue that I'm having here. Even when you take a look at other teams like the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, um, the, the, the Detroit Lions, even when you take a look at how long it's been since they've been in this quote-unquote rebuilding stage, when you go back to the pinnacle of what started the rebuild, it was still time for them to let go of the superstar that they had, whether it be due to a trade, whether it be to the fact that they just got old and retired. The Houston Texans never had an opportunity to cross that line. Like uh, John, I said this. Hey. I, I say this almost every single week, and you know I'm not lying. And it's gonna, it is gonna hurt even more on Sunday when we have to watch Deshaun Watson be the opposing team starting quarterback. They should not be in this situation, John. That's the whole thing. It doesn't matter. You're here now. It does not matter. You're here. Now, so don't embracing, fight, embracing don't the fight it. Don't, and, don't fight against it. Just embrace it, um, because everybody goes through it. You're right. You're right. But so, 
they they shouldn't are. be in this situation. And another thing I'm going to say before we move on to our next topic, you better hope that a lot of these players that we get in the draft, you better hope they don't be a bust. Because as, as the way things looking right now, it's going to be a long time before the Houston Texans can make something in free agency. Speaking of free agency, that's what we're going to talk about to end off the show. Free agency and how important it is for Houston to establish some identity that they'll be able to sell to uh, uh, outside players to come here in town. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. And find the Block Forever now, wherever you get your podcast. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All-Pro Matt Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. He does some things like give uh, football fans, insiders, the inside look at the games through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities of all time. Khalil sits down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, including getting inside the locker rooms, excuse me, during those team meetings and back at the hotel. He even has an opportunity had an opportunity to talk with Christian McCaffrey and talk about his love and hate relationship with fantasy football. And Juju Smith-Schuster gives his most honest opinion on the players, on other players and positions in the league. So catch the full block, the Block Forever series, available wherever you get your podcast, available everywhere now. Audible, get in the game. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans podcast your first listen Every day for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest story of the day, the big stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. I do want to shout out um my man X Razor. X Davis goes by X Razor mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, always showing love on Twitter, always showing love in the comment section on YouTube. And you guys know me. Whenever I feel like showing love, I'm going to do that. And I think that's a perfect opportunity right now to show X Davis, my man, X some love on to, on, on, on the show today. And by the way, Cody and I, this isn't – the Texans isn't our favorite team. We're just professional. So because we're not going to baby the news, the truth, and how we feel, don't get mad at us because we're not Texan fans. And I think it's safe to say Cody and I are fans of this team. We want this franchise to do well. Uh, Maybe Cody more than I. However, (laughs) we're not here to sugarcoat anything and and make it sound cute because we're fans. We just talk about the Houston Texans on the daily. Free agency, Cody. Next year, 2023, Houston has about $41 million. Top 10 in the NFL and free agent uh, cap space money, uh, about 30 to 36 of that uh, somewhere is going to go to, uh, you know, real spending power, I believe. Free agency next year for Houston. What they got to do? Nobody knows. And it's a good thing they got Steven Nelson on a two-year deal, by the way. He's playing some good football. Exactly. And that was one of the points that I was going to bring up. And, John, you know, yesterday we talked about, you know, how bad everything is with the Houston Texans as of right now. And, you know, you you made a good point of how free agency is going to be affected. And I understand that they have a lot of money. But, John, 
it's going to be very hard for Nick Casario and the rest of his staff to build this team and put a better product on the field next year because the Houston Texans entering year three of the rebuild, you entering year two of the rebuild, whatever year you want to call this, the Houston Texans are still not a free agency destination. And I'm glad that you mentioned how much money that they actually have because I'm looking at this from a standpoint. It seemed like the only way the Texans are going to be able to add talent to this team, they're probably going to have to overpay a lot of these free agents who are out there on a the market. As a matter of fact, you're looking at a situation where instead of you getting the cream of the top of free agency, you might have to go all the way down to a, a second tier or a third year, a third tier free agent and pay them like the cream of the crop because the state of this organization is still very bad. John, I take a look at the free agency class of 2021. As a matter of fact, the first free agency class that you and I covered, you know, the Houston Texans, they was in a bad state. They didn't have no money and they uh, end up getting guys that did not have offers nowhere else around the league. You thought for a second that they was turning the corner just for a little bit. You had an opportunity this past year to add guys like Steven Nelson, as you just mentioned, Jerry Hughes, two guys that's probably been the best two free agency signing for this organization this year. And you look at that from a standpoint and just think to yourself, whether or not they're going to have an opportunity to get those type of players next offseason. And not only that, this also another this is also another point you have to take into consideration. I know we're talking about free agency, but John, because free agency is not because the Houston Texans are not a free agency destination. How is that going to also uh, affect the coaching search if they decide to move on from Lovey Smith? Cuz think oh, about it. Oh man. Think, think about it. This was not a a pleasing job in 2021 when they hired David Cully. Um, last year was a little bit more pleasing because you knew you was going to move on from Deshaun Watson. You knew the draft capital that you was going to have. And it's like, okay, maybe yeah. if we get, you know, X, Y, and Z, maybe I could do something with this. But I'm looking at this from a standpoint with the Houston Texans looking, standing at 191. And it just seems like the effort and nothing is there. This is not going to be a pleasing job for the head coaches in general. Yeah, so there's only one real thing you can do, and that is let the head coach know if it's not Lovey Smith, uh, who again may come back next year. We don't know yet, but whoever you're you're gonna hire, when that coach says, "I want to hire my own offensive coordinator, my own defensive co coordinator, my own staff." I want to do things my own way. Uh, Nick Osario, Cal, look at one another. Okay. Two years in a row, man, we've had questions on whether or not, because, you know, year one, Nick Osario was on the headset. This year, you know, who's pulling the strings behind the scenes by keeping David Smith out there, Rex Burkhead out there, you know, some mm -hmm. of the things on the field that in the past, in one season, of course, off the field communications was affecting that. So um, this year, if it's not Lovey Smith, who, by the way, if it's not Lovey Smith, then in three years, not only will they be having three consecutive coaches, they're going to have to pay three consecutive coaches. Uh, David Cullen still getting paid this year. And I wonder how many uh, 
I wonder how how, how many ribs he's had. <laughs> you know, he, he loved them ribs from last year. Levy Smith will get paid next year, and then you're gonna have a new pay. I mean, a new coach on your payroll. But whatever they want, whatever their vision is, and if you believe in it in enough for you to hire them, and it shouldn't be nobody name account, then however they want to do it, let them run it their way. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Be sure to like us on Facebook under the name Locked On Texans. Be sure to subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube channel. And above all, maybe you don't follow me on Twitter, of course, John underscore Hickman 12. But above all, make you a nice old fashioned <laughs> sit in your, in, your, in, your, in your dad chair or your mom chair. And just soak in the pain because it's going to be there. And then just embrace it. I've been a UT fan, and I've embraced a lot of pain. So it'll be okay. (laughs) And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. It's Watson week. <laughs> Deshaun Watson will be inside NRG Stadium. I would love Sunday. if Will Fuller just pulled up too. I don't know. But did you see what Charles Minihu tweeted out earlier? No, nah, what Chuck talking today? about? He tweeted this Sunday, number four, do the damn thing. Ooh. <laughs> and Chuck is another player. Because uh, of an exotic defense, was it? Mm-hmm. And then he couldn't work it out with Casario last year. Now look at him. And he's thriving. Thriving. And we have an issue with the interior defensive line. Mm. Hey, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. you talk about a lot of bad decisions. That still is one of them. That young man was on a rookie deal still. <sighs> but until next time, until Wednesday, where we can wild out a little bit, we talk about Watson. Y'all have a good Tuesday, man. We out of here. Peace.